Hey everybody, welcome to Pedestal. Today is the first episode and I am extremely excited about today and what God has for us. So welcome to Pedestal. And if you missed the intro episode, Pedestal is just a community of people who understand that we are created works of art. But we also understand that we are not the greatest artwork in the museum. In fact, our cracks and fractures aren't even worthy of display. But yet, we are still valuable. Our value, however, is found in elevating the perfect artwork in order to glorify the master artist, our creator. So we are the pedestal. We as believers are the pedestal elevating Jesus so that onlookers will look at Jesus and not look at us, but we use our platform and our creation to show Jesus more clearly to everybody else. And so, welcome to Pedestal. So, man, it has just been on my heart recently to kind of get in here and just open up. And this this podcast is going to be a little different than the ones than the ones that you may have heard uh, on a, in other channels and other places. I uh, believe that the best way to to get a point across to push a mission is not by hiding and protecting certain things, but it is about being real. Um, Pastor Craig Groeschel has a uh, out of Life Church has a podcast called the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast, and one thing that he always says is people would rather follow a leader who is always real than one who is always right. And so I have vowed to make that my mission. I want to be real. I want to be honest. I want to be open. Um, Some of the music that I like best are by guys like NF, who he he labels his music real music because it's it's open and honest and transparent. And Andy Minio, who kind of walks through his Christian life uh, in his words in a very real manner, talks about when he's doubting and when he's struggling. And so to kind of go off of that in that similar vein, I want this podcast to be the same thing. I, I don't want the, my listeners to to think that I am some kind of perfect person, that I know everything, that I have it all figured out, but I want to elevate God. And I think that's the that's the best thing for a pedestal to do is to just be the pedestal and not try to gain any of that attention or any of the accolades. And so that's what I want, kind of want to do today and, and kind of walk through What's been going on in my life? And so, yeah, man, these past couple weeks have been kind of crazy. Uh, God has just been working in me in a million ways, but the enemy has been fighting those things every step of the way. Everything that God is trying to do and trying to push and trying to grow me in, the enemy has been counteracting um, over and over and over again. And so... It has been very difficult for me to understand which voice to listen to, um, because to be honest, this this quarantine that's going on with COVID nineteen it has really kind of shook me in a way that I wasn't expecting. I thought at the beginning this isn't a big deal; we'll just keep going on. Um, man, what a great time for me to be able to dive into Bible study and to dive into my prayer life and growing in my relationship with my wife since she's not having to be at her rotation. She's in medical school um, in her fourth year, finishing up her last year before she starts residency. Um, and she's doing residency and surgery. So if anybody knows anything about that, it is a very rigorous, difficult uh, surgery or a diff- difficult residency for the next 
five years is hers. So I was like, man, what a perfect time that we get together where she doesn't have to go to her hospital rotations these last few months and we can just spend time together with our brand new baby son, Moses, who's four and a half months old, turning five months soon. And so I thought this was just going to be an awesome time and and nothing was really going to change. It was just going to be an awesome time to be together. But what I've realized is that the enemy really tries to pull me into laziness. I have a tendency, my fleshly desire is to be lazy, is to not do anything, is to not be very productive, um, is to just really distract myself with hanging out, spending time with people, uh, and sitting on my butt, to be honest, I, and, and not really growing in the Lord and stuff. And so, man, yeah, these past couple weeks, that's really hit hard. My lack of devotion to my Bible study, my lack of devotion to my prayer life, um, I, I didn't realize how dependent I was on the church doors being open and getting to meet with my life groups and didn't realize how dependent I was on coffee shops, believe it or not, and, and and getting to go there and sit and read my Bible, do my Bible study and devotionals. It's just how dependent I was on ambiance, essentially, and the environment that I was in, That to the point where we're, we're at home right now. We're living with my parents right now before we head out to our, uh, our, our residency, but here in two months. But I didn't realize, again, how how much that would affect me being here with my parents and my wife and my baby and then my brother and, and sister-in-law living next door with their three kids i've been able to distract myself and and play basketball with them and and football and ride bikes and skateboard and uh do artwork and all that kind of thing with with, with these kids and and really kind of deny myself my time with the lord and that's really that's really my huge focus, and that's been something that I've preached in my ministries for years, right? For at least a couple of years, is you have to be able to have that time every single day. And it's not just one moment, not five minutes. It is, it is a constant walk throughout the day where you're walking with the Lord and not distracting yourself, not getting caught up in the world and what's going on. And that's, that's just not been me recently. And don't get me wrong— what I'm not saying uh, is that those are bad things, that playing with your nephews and and doing those type of things are bad, that spending time with people is bad. In no way, shape, or form is that what I'm saying. Those are actually amazing, great things. But when you find excuses to fill your day with those things as opposed to, it, well, and neglecting time with the Lord, neglecting your prayer life and your Bible study, that's when it becomes Bad. Jesus always found time in his ministry to separate, even when he was speaking to people. He found time to separate from people, go to a, a quiet place alone with the Lord, and, and grow in his relationship with the Lord first and foremost, because that's where you'll get your energy and and be poured into so that then you can pour out to others. So yeah, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But because of that, it's really just been an annoyance with the world and how many people are freaking out over this and all the stuff that's going on that because of because I've let this sin kind of creep in of of lacking compassion and lacking a heart for people I've allowed myself to get even more distant from scripture and and to fall away from Jesus even more and gosh it's just been killing me to be honest and so I really just want to get on here today 
and and tell y'all what's up, tell y'all my life, my story, and then a little bit, uh, and kind of give us some encouragement of what God's really been doing. So this past this, I had a message this this past Sunday that just really shook me. It was given by a pastor named Daniel Lucas out of Better Life Church in Moorhead, Kentucky. And it was about what it means to be a follower of Christ. And he kind of walked through what, it, what what a follower meant back then, how these, these students were being chosen by a rabbi at about the age of 16 after they had went through some rigorous education that, that they had kind of been allowed to go into. Um, but by the time they were about 16, these rabbis, these teachers, would choose somebody, would choose a student who they saw potential in, who they said, hey, I believe that you can be like me. I believe that you have the potential to grow into what I've become in, in a, a great teacher and understander of the Bible, essentially. Um, and these rabbis were usually at least 30 years of age. And so they're grabbing people you know, quite a bit younger than them to train them. And those students are going from about the age of 16 to the age of 30, following every single move that these rabbis are doing, following every move. And it's not just so that they can understand the knowledge better or get more wisdom, but it's so that they can literally become like that rabbi. They want to be that rabbi. And so by the time uh, by the time they hit 30 years old and they become a rabbi and a teacher, then they can cycle and they can loop the cycle back and and pick another student who's about 15, 16 years old who follows them and who's their disciple for the next 15, 16 years. And that's that's the cycle that that we're seeing in the context. And so it's interestingly enough, Jesus started his ministry at 30 years old, right at the age of of when rabbis would would grab their disciples. And Jesus started his ministry grabbing disciples, um, choosing disciples, picking, handpicking them. But he was picking these rejects, right? These tax collectors and these fishermen and these people who weren't these highly competitive students, essentially, that, that all these other rabbis were grabbing. And, and, and his whole ministry was showing them how to live a life that reflects God, which Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God. He lived the perfect life. He, he was God in man form who lived the life that we are called to live, that we were created to live. And so Jesus is guiding these disciples, these 12 disciples, to be like him. Um, and encouraging them and, and empowering them. And especially once he dies and uh, is resurrected, he sends his spirit to the disciples. And he says, now I'm going to not just encourage you, but I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the ability to become like me. Um, and obviously, we'll never be perfect. That's not the idea. And that's kind of, what, again, what I've mentioned in this podcast, that we're not going to be exactly like Christ. We're not going to be perfect. But if you know anything about math and, and asymptotes, for all you math people out there, that's the way that I see it, is it's this constant approach of perfection without ever hitting it. So you're approaching it, and you're getting as close as you can without ever reaching it, right? And so God wants that for you. He wants you to be transformed, renewed, created a new creation, um, be made into a new creation so that you can live a life that reflects him. And man, that's just, that message was so powerful to me because all my doubts and, and 
concerns and I, I, I've felt really guilty recently about the way that I've been feeling, the lack of compassion, the lack of my prayer life, the lack of my Bible study, um, and, and the lack of my interest in these things. It's really affected me recently. Um, and I've been praying about it and asking God to please just work, work, work in me and change me. But it's kind of been half-hearted because I haven't had that full desire and drive to approach the Lord more and to dive more into Him. And so hearing that message today that, that with those half prayers that I've prayed, God still hears those, right? Like even though it's not me feeling it right and, and being in it and my prayer just feeling so powerful and strong, God still hears your genuine prayers, like as long as it's a genuine prayer, God is hearing it and is going to answer it. And it may be a yes, it may be a no, or it may be not yet, but he's answering your prayer. And you have to be ready for whichever of those answers it is. And so fortunately for me, it was a yes. And I've had to wait a week essentially because it was really last week after after the message that I heard that I was like, I really need to start praying about this because I cared zero about what the pastor was saying last week. I had no drive. I had no desire to hear it. And so I started praying last Sunday. And then it wasn't until this past Sunday when when God hit me with a message that really tugged my heartstrings and, and I started tearing up during the message because I was like, man, I cannot believe that the God of the universe the King of kings, the Lord of lords, this mighty being, this powerful Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, who has sovereign control over everything, who is in an unapproachable light, a light that I don't deserve to step into, that I can't physically step into. He is coming down to me and speaking to me and trying to comfort me and, and, and gear me back in towards his mission because he's called me into his love. I have opened my arms to him while I was on my knees and said, God, please enter my heart and, and bring me into your family. And I felt that and I've, I've been on that mission before, but so recently I've kind of turned a blind eye to what God's been wanting me to do and turned away from God and kind of doing my own thing and doubting a lot, which doubt's not bad, but when you allow that doubt to pull you away from the Lord, that's when it gets bad. Um, Instead of when you doubt, you know, ask more questions to get closer to the Lord, which is the is the positive alternative, is the good alternative, which I haven't been doing recently. And so, man, yeah, it's just been crazy. And so today, uh, or, and so this past Sunday, it was so powerful for me to get that message. The next, the following week after I was praying about all this stuff, to get a message that triggered my heart, that hit me right in the, in the core of my soul, that, as Scripture says, pierced bone and marrow, um, as, as we walk through the Scriptures of how God pursues us and He wants us to follow Him. And once we've accepted that calling, God doesn't throw us to the wayside. You see that with Peter after Jesus had called him, and then he denied Jesus three times. Well, then, before Peter had known Jesus had resurrected, he kind of gave up on his calling. He felt, man, I denied Jesus three times. My life's over. My mission and purpose is over. I'm disqualified now. And so he went back to fishing, back to doing what he had normally done. And just the sheer joy and excitement and, and drive that you see from Peter 
when he recognizes that it is Jesus talking to him on the, on the beach, calling out to them on the boat, when he recognizes it's Jesus speaking, that he's come back and that not only has he come back from the dead, but he's come back to make it a point to come and speak to them again. Peter gets so excited, he dives off that boat, not worrying about anybody else, not worrying about anything, swims all the way back to Jesus, and Jesus sits there with him and gives him a second chance. Long story short, gives him a second chance and shows him that just because Peter went away, just because Peter felt disqualified, felt unworthy, um, all those things, Jesus asked him, he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And what he's talking about is the fish there because Jesus wanted to make sure that Peter knew that when when Peter left Jesus's mission to go and fish for fish, that what Peter was really doing there was choosing fish over Jesus, saying, I, I'm not qualified for this. I can't do this. So I'm just going to go back to what I can do. And, and that's that's fishing. And so Jesus asked, hey, do you love me more than these fish? Because if you do, you wouldn't be fishing right now. You would be going out and proclaiming the gospel and the good news and and telling people about me. And so I, I think just hearing that was was so powerful to me because I felt like I went back to fishing. That I've, I've started this podcast and with a half heart, really, I started this podcast and... Um, Today was so powerful to me that I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to dive back into this ministry. I'm ready to dive back in with a full heart. And no, do I feel like everything's figured out yet? Absolutely not. I'm still, the enemy's still trying to play games with me to, to pull me back away. But I feel myself as the prodigal son walking back towards the father um, as, he, as he really pulls me that way. He's, he's carrying me that way. Um, it's not on my own doing, but it's on his calling and his speaking to me where, where it's giving me that motivation. So, yeah, and I know this is probably not the podcast episode you were expecting today. I know this is it's not the one I was expecting. I just kind of let the spirit go where the spirit goes. Um, then that's, that's my hope with every time I speak is that I'm not getting in the way of what the spirit wants to do. And so y'all may hate this episode. I don't know. But it, my, my goal is not to appease people. It's to speak what God is revealing to me through me and and just be real and honest with that. And I, I kind of use this podcast as a as a diary, as a journal for me. It's really good for me to get this out, out there in the air and then giving it to other people, letting other people see it so that maybe somebody relates to it. Maybe somebody is in that same boat and maybe it's just one person. And my prayer and my hope is that that one person will um, will see what has happened in me, see my story, learn from my mistakes, and and somehow grow closer to the Lord through that, and call out to the Lord in the genuine in a genuine way. And again, prayers don't have to be perfect. You don't have to feel this powerful prayer. There have been times in my life where I felt so in tuned. Um, with my prayer that I felt like God would do anything that I asked him to at that moment because I felt so connected with him that I felt that my desires and passions were so perfectly in his will at, in that moment that anything that I asked would have been according to his will because I felt like my desires were lined up with his. But there have also been times, like I've, I've been telling you this past week, where 
My prayers don't feel that way. They feel so distant. They feel half-hearted um, and that I'm not even really talking to anybody. But as long as I continue in my perseverance and in my prayer and being as genuine and real with the Lord as I can, I know that He hears. I know that He's listening. And I know that more than anything, He wants to lead me into a closer relationship with Him. And he It's the same for you is, is, the, is the crazy thing. It's the same for you that each and every person out here Anybody who's hearing this um, right now, that this is a form of God speaking to you. Just like that pastor this past Sunday who, who spoke to me, God, that was God speaking through him to me. And so right now, I hope what, what you can understand is that if you're feeling this, if this is something that is really tugging at your heartstrings that you feel moved by, that you feel like you can relate to, don't run from this. Listen understand, humble yourself, and trust that this is the Lord speaking through me to you, that I am nothing more than than a mouthpiece, than a vessel in which the Lord will, will use to speak to you. And people are always concerned, like saying in the Old Testament, man, God spoke directly to people in an audible voice, and why don't I hear that? Well, I think we do. I think when we, when we get around people who fear the Lord— in a genuine way, in a heartfelt way, and people who are honest and transparent, I think God speaks through those people in an audible voice so that we can hear that and come to Him um, and come to know Him more and, and come to know His heart more. And so I pray that you know that God's grace is sufficient for you, that whatever you've done or whatever you've been doing, whether it's just blatant sin, whether it's an addiction that you've struggled with for years, um, pornography, drugs, alcohol, uh, anything, uh, whether it's lying or cheating, whether it's being blasphemous, whether it's something just completely out of this world wild that you think nobody could ever love you for again, whatever it is, maybe you're, you've turned your back on the Lord and said, you've walked down a path so far away from the Lord that you don't think that he could ever love you again, that he could never call you back again. G- Peter denied Jesus three times after he swore to Jesus that he wouldn't. After he swore to Jesus that he wouldn't, he went straight out and denied him three times. And that's me in so many aspects of my life that I've done that so many times. And so to, to, to see that picture when Jesus comes back, ra- raises from the dead, and he goes and pursues Peter, calls him back. Peter doesn't swim away from him, doesn't get scared and run away, but Peter swims to him knowing that he's messed up, feeling so guilty, but he swims back to him in a rush, in a hurry, just because he felt indebted to him. He's like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't deserve this. And so Jesus then gives him that second chance. But it's not really that Jesus wasn't going to. It's Jesus really just encouraging him and validating his love for Peter, showing him, just because you did this, it doesn't mean I don't love you anymore. It's not Jesus giving him his love back. It's not like Jesus took his love away when he did that, and this is him giving it back. This is a moment where Jesus is proving to to Peter that his love never left. And then Peter, or then Jesus calls Peter to do what Jesus has been doing the entire time, which is feeding his flock, feeding his sheep. 
And obviously, sheep is a metaphor for his disciples, for for the people out there that are relying on Jesus um, for truth and love. And so, then Jesus gives Peter that task. He says, hey, okay, now that I've raised you as a disciple, it is your turn to be that rabbi. It is your turn to step into it and feed the sheep as I have been doing for you. And so just that heart and that love that Jesus and that God has for us, man, it's unreal. That's what grace is. It's something that we don't deserve, that we couldn't earn. But he continues to lavish it on us, even though we're flawed, broken, rebellious people. Jesus continues to pursue us and chase after us and show us his love. And it's that unconditional passion, consistency, intentionality that Jesus, that God has for us, that keeps me going, really. Because that's not something you find anywhere else. That's not something you find in most people. That's not something you find in people in general who don't have the love of Christ within them, who don't have God's Holy Spirit within them. You can't find that true, unconditional intentionality and and passion and consistency for people. Um, And so that's what I love about God and just how much He loves us. So that's my heart. That's kind of where I'm at. And I really pray that that that's touched some hearts. But if not, that's cool. Um, If you've made it this long, thank you for listening. Thank you for for caring and listening to this story. And I know that God is going to use this to grow you in some way, shape, or form. Um, I don't know how that's going to be because, you know, uh, I don't know that stuff. I don't know the future. But I know that it is going to. And so if this has touched you, I do ask that that you post your thoughts, your uh, reactions to this um, onto my Facebook page. I've got a Facebook page. It's just pedestal. So go on there, go on the Facebook page and and find us and just let us know uh, your heart. And if this has really uh, touched you and moved you in a, in a certain way, that if you feel God has spoken to you during this message, uh, let us know and encourage somebody else around you. So, Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Much love. God bless.